We play and call it work. Hey everybody, Matthew here from MiniWarGaming.com and welcome to this week's Sit and Talk. I apologize that we weren't able to do it last week, but I was the one scheduled and I was at Gen Con, which was awesome. My wife and I went there for fun and we had fun. It was a great experience. So if you have any questions about that, you can ask them in today's Sit and Talk. So if you are new to the show, whether watching live on Twitch or afterwards on YouTube, the Sit and Talk is just our weekly, normally weekly uh, talk show where we just answer questions from our viewers. And there's two ways that you can ask questions. One is if you're on live, you can, uh, you're on Twitch and watching this live, you can ask, ask the questions in the chat. I'll open up the queue right now, actually. Um, you need to put the, it's a command, it's exclamation mark ask and then space and then a short question. If you make it too long, the software I have cuts it off. So try to keep the question short. And if you're watching this after the fact and you are a Vault member, then you can go to our site. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you click the link in the description, go to our site and leave a question there. So we, I basically go between answering questions for people who are watching live, and I also answer questions for our Vault members who posted the questions in the previous week, in this case, a couple weeks. Next week, I always forget, who's next, Rob? Who's next? Should be... I think it's Steve. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, um, I, think we've, I think we've changed it all up. It says Josh. Oh, yes. I think it is Josh. Jo I, yeah, week. Josh is usually after me. I know that there's been a lot of changes. Um, and so, yeah, Josh is next week. So if you want to leave questions for him, Vault members, then make sure you head on over. Once this is posted on YouTube, head on over to our site and post your questions there. So... Let's start off. You know what? I'm just going to jump right into the live and answer a couple questions there. It looks like we have a couple questions already about the Space Marines. Zergalergaderg. Hey, Matt. How excited are you for the new Space Marine models and the new Codex and supplements? Um, you might be disappointed by my answer, but I'm moderately excited. Thankfully, there's a lot of other people who are very excited. Space Marines have never been something I've been super interested in. I love reading books about them, but when it comes to playing them on the table, I have a moderate level of excitement. I don't dislike them. I think they're fun. I think that they make a good poster boy for Warhammer 40k good guys. Kind of like the Jedi of the universe if you're comparing to Star Wars. Uh, but I, I will be interested in playing them because I love anything that's new. But Space Marines have never been my army. I have definitely played them. I play a lot of different armies. But uh, the ones that I feel attached to, Space Marines is not high on that list. So. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. But I'm, I'm excited that they're doing it, and I'm excited that they're expanding on that range and adding in more chapter tactics and all that kind of stuff. Arc Blaze, also asking a question about the Space Marines. Are you excited for the new Space Marine rules for custom chapters? Will you guys be looking for rules that better represent the mini wargaming chapter Sentinels of the Forge? Um, you know what? I didn't actually think about that second question. Uh, that, that's neat, because the way that they basically work, it looks like, is that they give you a big list and you pick two, right? So I was always treating the Sentinels of the Forge. Well, okay, let's, let's clarify. First off, the official Sentinels of the Forge are a Salamander successor chapter, um, which I know some people are thinking Salamanders don't have successor chapters, and that was supposed to be one of the, the neat things about them is that it turns out they do. But um, in match play games, when I pull out the Sentinels of the Forge, they're a custom chapter, and so I use that as my ability to switch between different kinds of successor chapters or chapters. I say today they are a successor chapter to Ultramarines. I don't like doing that if they're painted in an official color scheme of one of the official chapters. Like if they're painted like Ultramarines, I don't like playing in the Salamanders. But when they're painted in a custom color scheme, to me that gives you license to play them in whatever chapter, or in the case of Tyranids, High Fleet, or whatever. Regiments for Imperial Guard, whatever it might be. Uh, so I do look forward to playing them and toying around with the different chapter tactics. But I can tell you for sure that Steve, Vito, and Luca are all much more excited than I am about it, and they will be doing the initial coverage for it. Oops, hit next. You can only ask one question at a time, but once I've answered your question, it clears it and you can ask again. Mr. Bacon, evening, Matthew. Afternoon, Mr. Bacon. Will you be doing any more War Machine battle reports? Um, in the near future, definitely no. In the far distant future, I can never say yeah, that we could see War Machine battle reports again, but nobody here really plays War Machine. And uh, when we did have it on the channel, it didn't get a lot of views compared to everything else. And I mean like a, a pretty big comparison, so it really wasn't worth the, the time. 
And at the point, at the time we were doing War Machine, we were doing a lot of different gaming systems, and we had to kind of hone in on what was getting us the most views and money, and that was of course Warhammer 40k, and at the time Warhammer Fantasy as well. But not saying that we'll never bring it back. Never say never, right? Sand Ghost, hey Matt, how do you like the new models of Beastmen and Kurnathi Elves? I am not sure which ones you are referring to. Did they just reveal some new models? Let me quickly open up Warhammer Community and see if there's something on there that I missed. I don't follow all of the updates because there's just too many of them and I'm far too busy. But uh, I don't see anything in the immediate past few things, so there must have been something else. I'm not sure what you're referring to. I apologize. If I'm going to clear your question, if you want to do a follow-up question, feel free. Country Gaming, any thoughts on the Battletech Clans Kickstarter? Yeah, I think Battletech is awesome. I actually haven't even looked at the Kickstarter. How successful has it been? Has it been successful like the first one? I hope so. The, uh, I love Battletech. Um, I grew up with it as a teenager. I bought the, the, the latest version of it, and I played that with my son. I played it with Dave. I'd love to cover it in the channel, but uh, right now that's not something that's going to happen, at least not immediately. Um, so I am happy they are doing a clans expansion to it, because that's always obviously a big part of Battletech. So that's really all I have to say on it. I haven't put much thought into it other than that. Feels like you guys are asking me all the questions about things that I haven't put a lot of thought into. Start asking me questions about things I have put a lot of thought into, so it looks like I put thought into things. <laughs> Yank Rule. Hey Matt, how does Mini Wargaming feel about converted minis, specifically for 30k? It depends on what you mean by converted. Conversions are awesome, unless they are not. And what I mean by that is, what is the purpose of you converting? Are you converting to avoid having to purchase a miniature? Then most likely your conversion doesn't look good. If you're converting for cool factor, then I'm all for that. Uh, so if you're like, yeah, we're gonna, if it doesn't look like what it's supposed to look like is really what it comes down to. If you're saying I'm converting this, but it doesn't quite look like what you're looking at, and it actually looks like something else, not a big fan of that. That's just basically count, you're doing something counting as something else. But uh, but converted models are in and of themselves, in general, are an awesome thing. Uh, of course, the armies that tend to benefit most from that are things like Warhammer 40k orcs. Uh, because you can get away with a lot of stuff and it still looks very orcish. So conversions as a topic, strongly encouraged, but conversions for the sake of avoiding purchasing official miniatures, not as big a fan. Now, buying third-party miniatures, I don't mean China cast like ripoffs, I'm talking about like another company that makes orc models or things that could stand in for Imperial Guardsmen. Uh, I like those kind of things because like Imperial Guardsmen, for example, like you go to Victoria Miniatures and they sell really cool ones that you can use as other regiments because not everybody's Acadian, really. And so I, I, I definitely, I don't encourage it, but I don't discourage it either. They we're happy to have them on our channel. Or you get like Creature Caster who does these magnificent greater demons and using one of those instead of the official one, no problem there. So, but you're not saving money by going there. So that was never the intent. If you're bringing in something that is like, here's a blob that I got at Toys R Us, and I'm going to call it a greater demon of Zinch. It's like, because, you know, I threw a little bit of paint on it. It's like, nah, I don't think so. And dis Descent, any new game or thing you find interesting at Gen Con? Uh, plenty. I didn't do a lot of demoing. I'm not a big fan of demoing because I just find myself, I, I don't enjoy just sitting down and, having to learn a bunch of games all at once. So I usually go for the simpler games. I found a couple of games that I bought because I demoed them because I wanted to get them for my kids. Like uh, there's one called the Color Monster where it's all about him like finding his emotions. So it's really, the kids have fun with it, but at the same time you get to talk about emotions. Uh, Deadly Doodles, which is all about this little dungeon crawl that you do by drawing lines through it, and, but it's all random, so that's kind of fun. Um, we... The, you know, the uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions game. Well, the same company does another one that's called Light Something. I can't remember what it's called. But uh, we demoed that and we bought some of that just for our personal, just for fun. I was more interested in all the accessory stuff. Um, like I bought an Ocarina. An Ocarina, that's the Zelda. That thing. I've got it up in my office. And I'm learning how to play that. And I bought a little Mimic 
like a handmade leather chest or a leather-bound chest that uh, looks like a mimic. And what else did I buy? I, I bought like those kind of things. I, that's what I was really interested in. And my wife bought a ton of dice, of course, because she likes to buy dice. And yeah, so there's that kind of stuff. It's, to me, it was partly a shopping trip. It was partly a just kind of see everything. And it was, it was great. It was a little overwhelming uh, when you pack that many people into... It's a big space, but there's still a lot of people. It's, it's a little claustrophobic. We ended up staying only two days instead of... We were going to be Thursday to Saturday, but after Friday, we're like, we're done. Like, there's tons of stuff to do, but we didn't participate in all the events. And so you could be very busy if you participate in all the events. We did one escape room, which was awesome. We had a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good experience. I don't think we'll go back next year, uh, partly because we can only take so many vacations because we've got four kids, so it's not easy to leave them. And partly because we feel like you kind of want to go a few years in between so that things can change. That depends how much you participate in things, though. That would really change it all. Archelaus, hey Matt, is there a place to make reservations for the bunker yet? Um, you can make reservations for the bunker. There's no place on the website to do so. You just have to email josh at miniwargaming.com. Uh, it will be a while before like there's a full-blown uh, interface for software and stuff because it's not meant to be treated like a hotel. You're supposed to, it's supposed to be a little more careful than that. We're not just having anybody sign up whenever they want. Uh, they need to schedule. We want them to be coming here for events or coming here for battle reports. So if you email josh at miniwargaming.com, He'll help you find dates, he'll get you prices, all that kind of stuff. Zergalurgator, I just want to say that your Space Marine vs. Tyranny's battle report the other day was one of the most enjoyable games I've seen in some time. You need to name that captain. Wasn't that a cool game? I thought I was dead first turn when he came in there with all those gene stealers. And then the captain somehow survived like 60 attacks that he should not have survived. Um, it was just a three-up invuln. It wasn't a two-up invuln. Like two-up invuln, you know, you could survive an infinite number of attacks theoretically. But um, the three-up invuln, yeah, he survived and then went on to really help me in the game. It, it ended up being a very cinematic game. It's funny because when you watch that game, I hadn't played 40k for a few weeks, and so when I deployed, there was a few little tricks I had forgotten, like things like, oh shoot, I can't shoot when I'm stuck in combat. I, I like I knew that. But it wasn't in my mind as I deployed. And so if you actually see, I clumped everything together. So when he was able to charge in all those gene stealers and then pile in, um, my, um, my land raider, for example, wasn't able to do squat uh, except die. And so if I could go back, I would have spread them out more and not allowed that to happen. So it's just, it's just, it doesn't take long for, for you to forget like little tiny things like that. So it's not so much rules as it is little tactics and how you deploy and how important it is. It's very different. Age of Sigmar 40k, they look so similar, and yet they are so vastly different just from having small little things like you can't come within three inches of an enemy in Age of Sigmar instead of one inch in 40k that you can pile in and consolidate after the combat is over. That's a big difference right there, too, um, that you can't shoot when you're stuck in combat unless you're firing pistols, of course. Uh, all these things, it, it, makes a, it makes for a very different game. And uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad, I'm just saying you got to remember those fundamental differences. Yank Rule, I have a bunch of Mark III armor marines that I want to use in a Space Wolves 30k army. I want to use 40k bits to convert them into Gray Slayer units instead of spending a fortune on Forge World. Shoot, we got cut off. Just want to interrupt you for a second. Wife of Wargamer just donated 100 bits. Oh, Holly, stop using our money to support us. <laughs> <laughs> Wife of a war gamer, that is Holly. She just donated 100 bits. Thank you. Thank you for taking our money and giving it to our business. <laughs> and Ravenwing84 subscribed to Twitch Prime. Thank you, Ravenwing, for your Twitch Prime subscription. Remember, if you have any questions, put exclamation mark ask. I'm not sure if people are at like, just make so you get it in the queue. Exclamation mark ask, space, and then ask a question. So, Yank Rule, can you look up his comment? It shouldn't be too far up. Um, yeah, starts, sure. I have a bunch of Mark III armor marines. Are you reading there? Yeah, Mark III armor marines. Let me, let me keep going. That I want to use in a Space Wolves 30k army. I want to use 40k bits to convert them into Gray Slayer units instead of spending a fortune. Forge World upgrades for them. Oh, that was it. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I'm not familiar enough with what the, all those bits are going to look like. You're going to find that Horus Heresy players are a bit more purists than Warhammer 40k players, and this is not a bad thing. Uh, it tends to attract the, a collector, a hobbyist a lot more than a gamer. 
And the reason for that is it's more expensive. And um, no, that's actually it. It's more expensive. And so I, I've noticed that with people coming in to play 30K or Horus Heresy, their armies are 99% well painted, well done, and that's what they're, they're there for. And sometimes they're really good at the game too, but almost always their armies are immaculate. Um, or, and just, you're not going to get a brand new player in Warhammer playing 30k. You're always going to get somebody, or almost always going to get somebody who's been playing the game a lot longer and who's willing to put more of that time. So you've got to be careful. If you're, if you're just looking to get around using the official bits, um, and it looks obviously like it's a 40k army that you're playing 30k, there might be some problems with that. It depends on the people you play with. I personally wouldn't have a problem with that. I, I couldn't care less. But other people might. Mr. Bacon, do you think the Mini Marines will be gone anytime soon? If by Mini Marines you mean the non-primaris, I don't think they're ever going to get rid of them. I think they'll just stop making them interesting. And then they'll just slowly disappear, fade away out of existence. But no, they will never fully be gone. That would be a bad move on Games Workshop's part to, to say, hey, by the way, all those miniatures you bought, they are literally not even official anymore. I know that they did that with Fantasy to Age of Sigmar. But even then, they kind of still provided rules for them. Um, but that's a very different kind of thing we're talking about. We're not talking about a major change to the game. We're talking about adding new units to an army and kind of leaving the other ones behind the dust. So no, I don't think they'll ever be gone. Ever. Let alone sometime soon. Josh asks, who's your favorite staff member and why is it Josh? So let's go see what some of our vault members had asked questions from a couple weeks ago. All right. Oh, Big Mikey, your question starts with Matt question part two. So that means it's a part one. Oh, here, oh you know, I should have started with this. I'm sorry, Zergalergadurg. I always forget that you do this. I don't know why. Zergalergadurg says, Good morning, Tara. Welcome all and sundry to this week's edition of Good Morning, Tara. We are joining you live, depending on variances in the warp, via Astropath from the Mini Wargaming Bunker, and we are joined by that bespeckled master of dance, Matt. This episode of Good Morning Terror is brought to you by the fine people over Astartes Flakes. Have you ever wondered how those vaunted space marines always have that pep in their step as they are purging enemies of mankind? It's because they never forget the two most important things. Praise the Emperor with all their being, and never forget to have a good breakfast. So start your day of the Space Marine way with Astartes Flakes. Made from 100% reclaimed and mechanically separated Cadian wheat germ byproduct, Astartes Flakes will make sure that you have the energy to smite humanity's foes from dusk till dawn. Remember, with Astartes Flakes, you shall know no fear from hunger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that I can read it the first time and it just flows. Well, Matt, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get right to it. With the release of the new cities of Sigmar and Orc, Warclans on the Horizon, what are you hoping to see from these new books? Well... I am hoping to see what exactly they're saying they're going to do, which is the Orc War Clans just take the Bone Splitters and the Iron Jaws, put them in the same book, and give them, give them the Gloom Spike Gets treatment, where essentially you can mix and match them in the same army, but they still give you reasons to bring them separate as well. Um, I, I love that. It gives, me, it gives me more ways to play the game. And I always say that. Give me more ways to play the same game, um, and that'll make me happy, because I get tired of doing the same thing. Cities of Sigmar, what I'd love to see is the same idea except a little bit more intricacy to it, because what I want, if you remember the Age of Sigmar Firestorm campaign book, which is from first edition Age of Sigmar, still works in second edition though, what they did was in the narrative, they're like, here are the main cities that have forces that are fighting. And so in the back of the book, they gave you allegiance abilities for those cities. And the way that it worked is they said, here's the allegiance ability, but here are the keywords you're allowed to bring in this. So it'd be like, you can bring free people in Ironweld, Arsenal, and Carriage Overlords, and Seraphin, and Stormcast Eternals. This other one is all order except for Seraphin. This other one is this, 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 and this. They also did it for Destruction. They had one for Destruction, one for Death, one for Chaos. I love the Destruction one because it allowed me to bring like Iron Jaws and, and um, Beast Claw Raiders and Moon Clan Grots and all that kind of stuff together. And, and it gave you an allegiance ability. They weren't super powerful, but it was fun because it gave you a lot more ways to build your army. So I hope that Cities of Sigmar does something similar, where they list a bunch of cities from all sorts of realms, and they basically give you the armies that you're allowed to bring in that one. So they do. Re I want them to restrict it still. I don't want all of them to be able to bring anything. I want them to be like, in this one you can bring these, and this one you can bring these, and this one you can bring these, and this one you can bring these. And maybe some of them, like Hammer Hall, would have the biggest selection because you know it's some of the bigger cities. Uh, in addition to that, of course, I want them to add more spell lores for the wizards. 
and more artifacts, lots of artifacts, and um, general allegiance ability as well for Cities of Sigmar. I don't, I don't know if I'd, I would want them to put a general allegiance ability. I think it's enough to make a bunch of different allegiance abilities, but maybe something simple in general as well. Even if it was just the order reroll battle shock test kind of thing, like that would be sufficient for me, because then you get the secondary allegiance abilities in the the cities themselves. So I would love to see that with Cities of Sigmar. I, what I don't want it to be is just you are now allowed to play with all these armies together. Um, that's fine. We can already do that with an order army. Um, and even if they put in a half decent allegiance ability, it wouldn't feel like that much of an upgrade. So I really want to see that. I want to see all those different cities get their own allegiance abilities. Um, and so you just have like a, so I want it to be a nice thick book that has a lot of ways to play. And new spell lures. Endless spells, sure, throw in a few of those too. Why not? But that's not really what I care about. Have you had a chance to read Siege of Terra yet? What are your thoughts on the future of Horus Heresy now that they're coming to the end game in the lore? I haven't been able to keep up on the Horus Heresy lore. Like, I know what happens in the Siege of Terror, of course, but I haven't read that book. What are my thoughts? Horus Heresy has been, been an interesting thing to follow. When it, when they, you know, it was around long before it was popular, and uh, but then they came out with the plastic, and that really kind of ignited the, the craze for it for a little while. They had, you know, our battle reports got a lot of views on the Horus Heresy. But then they had some holdups, including the unfortunate death of their one of their main writers. And that really slowed things down. I don't know, I have no behind the scenes information on any of this, so this is all just uh, conjecture. But I, and that obviously slowed them down, and then things got behind, and then 8th edition came out, but they stayed in 7th edition for Horus Heresy. I don't know if that was ever the plan. I wouldn't be surprised if the plan was that Horus Heresy would be updated around the same time as regular 40k too, but then it got so far behind that they were forced to keep it that way. Uh, what's the future of Horus Heresy now that they're coming to the end game in the lore? I don't know. Maybe move on to like the Beast Arises, like 32k, and then do something in 34k. But that's always the, the question with historical wargaming, right? Because that's essentially what we're looking at, future historical wargaming, is what do you do with something that's already happened? And so uh, there's lots of things they can do. The galaxy's a big place, and you can just treat it like another setting and come out with more campaign books. But I don't know if that's what people care about as much that play Horus Heresy. So, um, I don't know. But uh, this seems like the logical thing to do next would be, one, to update it to 8th edition, and two, to uh, continue the story after it's all done. Go to 31k, 32k, 33k, all that kind of stuff. Now on to week four of our Primarch Supremacy Tournament. Each week we will ask a mini Wargaming team member to pit two Primarchs against each other in head-to-head -head combat with the goal of crowning one Primarch as Supreme. All Primarchs in this competition are in their pre-heresy forms. Last week, Luca chose Portarabo to take out the Lord of Drake's Vulcan. Psh, whatever. This week, we asked Matt to pit the Warhawk, uh, Mr. Khan, against the bearer of the work, Lorgar Aurelian. Now, Matt, tell us who would win. Lorgar. That's all the time we have for today's Good Morning Terra, as we're about to lose our last astropath. We now send it over to Cullen with a special report on the carrying capacity of an un unladen Aetherwing. Cullen? It's actually Rob. What is the carrying capacity of an unladen Aetherwing there, Rob? What's the carrying capacity of an unladen Aetherwing? Did you just mute me? No, no, no. No, I unmuted me. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like going to cycle over and click. I'm like, what are you muting me for? Um, what is the carrying capacity of an unladen Aetherwing? 45. 45? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. See, I think it depends. Are we talking about like a European unladen Aetherwing? Or an unladen Aetherwing from like Africa? Africa. Well, then 45 might be accurate. Do, do, do you get the joke? No. No? No. <laughs> it's Monty Python. Oh, okay. Swallow. Yes. What's the carrying capacity of an unladen swallow? For anybody else wondering why we're talking about this nonsense. And the answer is there's not always a reason. Okay, some more questions from uh, people who posted a couple weeks ago. Um, Big Mikey asks about the Space Marine Codex. Do you think this will balance them in terms of the overall game or just restart the Codex creep? It's hard to say. I haven't read it. And so it's hard for me to answer that question. Is that um, it could restart the Codex creep. Every book that I see they come out with, sometimes that book is the next best thing and sometimes it's not. And so the Space Marine Codex may. We'll have to wait and see, right? 
we'll have to wait and see for the reviews and everything else, um, and battle reports, more importantly. Is it the new powerful thing, or is it just, you know, Space Marines for the past while have just been kind of mediocre, right? So, or does it just carry on their mediocrity? I think it'll definitely make them more powerful, just from what I hear, but other than that, I don't know. Starmax, hello Matt, follow up on the last question from the last stream of Heroes of Harrenburg Season 2. The Chaos Knight versus Imperial Knight campaign idea. Would it be possible to add it to the story for the ending, depending on who finally claims victory, that Victor goes to the Sentinels of the Forge to aid them, or go there to assist in their destruction? And maybe make a traitor version of the Sentinels, something to say like Dismantlers of the Forge, and let the Chaos Knight one member from those traitors. Perhaps. I don't have a plan to do a Knight's campaign in the next little while, but that's not a bad idea for, for how you could conclude it. Uh, GBC343 also asking about the battle tomes. I've already answered that. Oh, and then another question. I was wondering, did you ever check out the sequel novel to Plague Garden Black Pyramid? If so, what do you think of and would agree with the idea that Ghost Eater needs a spin-off? I haven't read Black Pyramid. I haven't done a lot of reading in the past while. Life has been very busy. I haven't had a chance. Also been playing a lot more Dungeons and Dragons, and that eats up some of my reading time. Um, so I don't know. I'm sorry. Miso Miso. Hello, Matt. In your heart of hearts, what is your honest opinion on the new Apocalypse rules, both on their own and compared to the old ones? My honest opinion is I love them. Also, they're not much faster than the old Apocalypse rules. Um, they are faster than the old Apocalypse rules, but they're not much faster than the old Apocalypse rules. I think if you get two players who know the rules for Apocalypse, are familiar, and I don't just mean the rules. The rules are actually really easy to learn. You could learn it in 20 to 30 minutes, most likely. The hard part is that you're now dealing with new data sheets for every single unit in your army, and you have no real baseline to know. Like, what is the save of a Space Marine? What is the save of a Termagant? There's not an easy remembering. Like you can't be like, oh, well, they're three plus before, so they're three plus now. It's, it's, it doesn't translate perfectly. Uh, the number of wounds they have is roughly five times less than they had before. And that's kind of translates. But for the most part, you have to spend a lot of your time looking up your data. What is your strength against tank, strength against personnel? The two hit, like the ballistic skill and weapon skill, for as far as I can tell, hasn't changed. But everything else has. And then you have the cards you have to memorize. I think once you get past that, once you learn your army, and you can 80% of the time not have to look up your cards, then the game will speed up significantly. The other thing is that it takes longer to build your list because it's a bigger list. So they, they claim you can play a big game like at your store in an evening. And I agree with that. If both players show up, their army is already made and ready to go. And both of them are familiar with the rules and have played a few games. So it is faster, just not dramatically faster. But I still like it a lot more. The old Apocalypse rules to me were just like, hey, here's the Apocalypse rules. Play bigger games. The end. I know they threw in some stuff like formations and scenarios and all that, but in the end it really didn't feel like it wasn't a different game. It was just play the games bigger. This one is a different game. It does simplify things. It is way more fun. And even though the game takes a long time to play, it's less draining on your psyche. Um, but it's still incredibly tactical. I, and the old apocalypse never felt tactical. It was just throw your guns and your guys to the other side. And whoever went first had a significant advantage because they could delete part of your army before it even sh and shot. Whereas this one's very different from that. So I really like it. I really do like it. About Dungeons & Dragons, very interesting point on D&D live streams being the least important part of D&D channels. There are a few that do well. Critical Role, High Rollers, It Me JP, Matt Colville. But they seem to be the exception rather than the rule. And you, even said, you said It Me JP, but if you look at his channel, um, he does other stuff that gets way more views. Like, I, I've, I've, I've seen that. So they, there are some that do well. But even Matt Colville, he also puts out a lot of other videos, and those videos get a lot of views. So you have to compare it to that. You could try doing the new Dungeons & Dragons Essentials Kit Adventure as a mini teaching series, as they seem to, be, to get very good views on YouTube, maybe with some girls for gender diversity. Yay! I am <laughs> um, all for gender diversity, but I ask for guests, and whatever guests come in is what I get. I'm not going to be like, you're a guy, you can't come in, I need girls, girls only. If, like, but we're all for that. Um, I, we're just not going to be doing more D&D stuff in the near future. We've got a lot of other stuff on our plate, and it's unfortunately just going to have to go on hold for a little while. And great interview with Tabletop Minions, thank you. 
You always say narrative campaigns were your biggest success, but have you thought of any ways to innovate them recently? The thought I had was that you could take some lessons from Magic the Gathering. They used to use contained story arc adventures that were extended over a few series or years, but had a definite end. Example, the Weatherlight Saga, and they were extremely popular. Um, yeah, I... I have, I have been putting more thought into that recently, now that I've had time to get back into them. We just started recording a new narrative campaign on Tuesday for Warhammer 40k to continue the story of Inquisitor Wren. And we have some big plans for it, very different than what we've been doing in the past, for the story, like to, to really help the story to develop and eventually to conclude. There's other innovations I've been thinking of as well. Uh, the, the latest one I had, just today actually, and I'm still mulling over the idea, is to have an improv narrative campaign. And the way this works is I create the initial setting and then a guest can come in and basically contribute to it. And I don't mean like how we did the Wars on Apophis where you get to come in and conquer a little thing. I mean like literally contribute to the story. So before they come in, we would be communicated by email. They're like, I'm gonna play Tyranids and I want it to be High Fleet such and such and I want the problem to be this. And so we're gonna play two games when we come in and here's the objective of those two games, a little mini-series uh, to see if the Tyranids achieve their objective. And if they do, well, that, or if they don't, that adds to the canon of this improv narrative campaign. So the next person comes in and they can build on that or they can start another little story arc. And so you end up having this conglomeration of stories where uh, guests can come in and be like, well, I'm going to continue this. And I can choose to continue certain parts of it as well. Like the other person says, well, I'm going to come in with Space Wolves and they're going to try to come over here. And I'll be like, well, the previous player played Tyranids and they won. So there's a bigger Tyranid presence here, so I'm going to have you fight against Tyranids as the, as the person that's the enemy. And the whole thing would be improv, so I can't tell you all the stuff that would happen because then it wouldn't be improvisation. So that was like one of the ideas I had to, to have that ongoing swirling story that everybody gets to contribute to. So you get to really come in and, and decide your fate. It becomes a bit of a cooperative effort as well. While we are playing games against each other, it's a cooperative storytelling thing. I like that. That's that's something I've been thinking about and I want to do. Um, you said you were still thinking about making your war game one day revisit Dark Potential or something new. Perhaps it has to be about something philosophical. The more I think about the 40k, the more it impresses me. The main race is Space Marines, which is hugely customizable, and the lore taps into deep themes about life. That hasn't really crossed my my radar for a while. We we moving to the new place, launching our new website. I've got a million things to do. And so the idea of starting a new humongous project like making our own miniature war game, that is not on my radar for the next while. We're going to be focusing on the bunker, making great events, improving our content. Maybe in two or three years, I'll be able to revisit that idea and start thinking about it. We'll see. Thank you for your questions, Miso Miso. For one of our live viewers, Chenozide, any thoughts on opening a mini wargaming office somewhere else in the world? Uh, we've thought about it, and then we've realized why. Some people have talked about franchising, like, well, you could have mini wargaming bunker locations. And maybe one day that would make sense, but I think part of the appeal of coming here is that you get to meet all the people that run mini wargaming. So having another place where that isn't the case, um, I don't know if that has nearly as much appeal. And that's, that's what this place is about. It's about you get to come in, you get to be with us and play games, and you get to stay here, participate in some events. It's that kind of fun. If it's somewhere else and, it's, and we're not there, then maybe that could still work because we could still run fun events uh, and that aspect of it would, but um, at that point you're becoming more just like another store that has an event space, right? I know it's a little different because you could have more like, a, it's more like a little mini convention center, but yeah, it's not something that is, if it does happen, would happen anytime soon. Ravenwing, what would you like to see added to Oryx in Age of Sigmar? Uh, well, Iron Jaws could use an archer. I know they love to bash things in the head or in the edge, but I think they could use a ranged unit. Uh, I'd love to see some more variety within this all. They're pretty dry in the sense that you just have Ard Boys, Brutes, and Gorgruntas. That's it. You've got a few leader choices, but what about other stuff? Like those Gorgruntas, for example, like get them off their mounts and have the mounts be its own type of unit. So you can bring them into combat without them, uh, without the orcs on top of it. Or, yeah, throw in just Ardboy archers would be a cool one as well. Or other beasts that they ride or have tamed. So there's a few things like that. Nothing too crazy. Attack, Gypsy! 
Interesting username. Matt, what do you think about the new codexes? I personally can't wait for the Crimson Fists. So I've already answered that question, so I'm going to move on. So, Waldorf, Waldorf Gorka. Matt, have you ever traveled to Denmark? I have not, Waldorf Gorka. I hear it's a lovely place. I'd love to be there one day. I'd love to get to, I'd love to do like the whole European tour, but especially like go to the Mediterranean. I'd love the idea of going to Italy, Greece, all those kind of places as well. Even over to the Middle East as well. It would be awesome. But especially like Italy and Greece. But, you know, while over there, I know that proportionately it's, it's close compared to, to here. Checking out other countries too would be awesome. Maybe one day when I retire. Mr. Bacon, have you ever played any historical games? It depends what you classify as historical. What you classify as historical is probably like World War II or World War I or Napoleonic, like real history, and the answer is no. I've played Horus Heresy and I've played Lord of the Rings, which are kind of like historical war games. Not really interested in historical war games. I, the main reason for that is I'm not interested in simulating history. I have nothing against it if somebody else wants to. Not like it. There's no moral or ethical reason. I just sound boring from my point of view. Obviously, to some people, it is not. We almost have a baby, Matthew. Uh, almost have a baby. Skullitz DM. He's eight months subscribed to Twitch Prime. Awesome. Almost a baby. Almost a Twitch baby. Yep. Awesome. Thank you so much for your, all your support. Uh, Starmex. Oh, hold on. Descent. What do you think about Psychic Awakening, the new announcement? I only saw, I've only seen a teaser. Has there been anything else since that? Um, I'm not sure what it's going to be, uh, unless there's been more announcements for it. Like some people say, well, they're going to bring endless spells in for 40k. I hope not. Although it could be cool. I think they're just going to. That's just their reason to add more psychers to the game. So there'll be a new type of psyker for a bunch of different armies. Uh, almost every army. Maybe even give an excuse to give Tau a psyker. It would be interesting. Or at least to give Tau and Necrons like anti-Psyker stuff. So I think that's all it is. It's like it's going to be a new range. It's possible it'll be its own little mini game. Um, that's also something that could be. But other than that, I don't know. VJ Morph, Matt, thoughts on Warcry? I love Warcry. I just filmed three games of it yesterday. It was a riot. I've I've played it. I've played six games now. Three with the first two Chaos Warbands. And then three, the ones we did yesterday were with the non-Chaos Warbands. So we did, first game was Legions of Nagash versus Bone Splitters. Then we did Gloomspite Gits versus Stormcast Eternals. And then we did Iron Jaws versus Nighthaunt. And they, it was great. I love Warcry. Um, I enjoy Kill Team. I enjoy skirmish games. But Warcry seems even way better than Kill Team. Uh, it, it just seems tight. Ridiculously tactical for your positioning for the missions. Like, ridiculously. You can play it non-tactical and just beat each other up. But with the way the missions are structured and the way movement works and the rules work, uh, it's, it's very nuanced and yet incredibly simple rules. Sand Ghosts. Those beastmen and elves were revealed at Open Day Age of Sigmar. They are for Beastgrave Underworlds. Oh, those models. They look awesome. But I love all the Warhammer Underworlds models. I don't really play the game much. Just I don't have time, but maybe I'll be able to do it. Um... But, but they look awesome. But Games Workshop. That's why. That's why I love Age of Sigmar so much. The models, ninety-nine percent of the time, look awesome. Skull ZDM, how did you like acting for the new YouTube welcome? Uh, it was fun. I barely did anything. Dave did all the work, and Dave and Colin did all the work, and uh, we just kind of showed up for a couple parts of it. Uh, he just came in. I was. We were playing a game. We didn't set that up for the video. We were already playing, and that's like why. Why do you need to? We're always playing games. He just came in in the middle of our game and said, hey, go stand over there and now pretend you're doing this. And we just pretended. So it was fun. It was fun to finally make a, a good YouTube welcome video. We thought about it for a while, but we're like, we're going to be moving soon. So we want it to be with the new place all ready to go. All right, going back over. And don't forget, if you want to ask a question, exclamation mark ask, space, and then the question. So going back to the question submitted a couple weeks ago. Oh, weird. This one doesn't have a username. It's possible that there was... When the new website launched, we had a few issues with legacy accounts, and so it's possible that this one was somebody, and then their account got changed, and so it's no longer linked properly to this comment. So somebody commented, any chance of more wrath and glory, or maybe some funny dark heresy? P.S. Much love to Cullen for no reason. 
Uh, Role-playing game streams are not coming back anytime soon. That does not mean that we won't be doing role-playing games in the future. Uh, the main reason for it is it took too much of our resources every Tuesday. And that's hard to have like that Tuesday every week when you have like a whole bunch of guests here one week. You're like, okay, there's only Luca and Dave available for the Tuesday. So what we'll probably do, if we do more RPGs, which I really want to, so we will, it'll probably be that we film it not live. And that allows us to kind of block off an area and be like, we're, we'll film it this week, Monday to Friday, and, and we'll film 9 to 5 every day and um, get 10 sessions filmed. That's probably enough for an, an average campaign right there. Or at the very least, it'll give us the flexibility to not have to do it on the Tuesday. So we can kind of switch the days around based on when guests are coming in or when we're running events. So yeah, you, you'll definitely see more role-playing content in the future. Just, I doubt, live-streamed. At least not live live-streamed. There's always the live-streaming pre-recorded content too. That's part of live-streaming. Uh, Rhinoc, hey Matt, I miss your 40k campaigns. Me too, thank you. It feels like it's been forever, and it has. Any news on a new one, be it Death Watch style or Full Army style? Uh, so I did talk about that already. So essentially we're continuing the story of Inquisitor Rin after the last Death Watch campaign. This is not a Death Watch campaign, although it is a Death Watch style campaign. It's going to be more like a D&D style adventure where you're going to get a mixture of um, different characters. Like I'll tell you right away in the first couple episodes, he, he, Steve actually, Steve that's doing it. He plays Inquisitor Rin in the actual game. And uh, he comes across a, an Apothecary Terminator, a Primary Psyker, and a Witch Hunter. And he's also going to be coming across some other species that you wouldn't necessarily expect. The story also is a big divergence from what we normally do. I don't want to say why, because it would be a spoiler. But let's just say that I've always been careful to keep things in the canon of 40k and not touch the main lore of 40k, but I got tired of waiting for Games Workshop to actually move their lore forward in 40k. Uh, it would be ironic if the Psychic Awakening is going to do that, but they always, you know, they just dial up, yeah, now it's, now it's the danger is this level, now it's this level, now it's this level, but it's not really anything changing. It's like, now there's more chaos. It's like, okay, when you go from a bajillion chaos to a bajillion, quadrillion chaos. It doesn't feel like a change. Uh, so we're going to be doing some significant changes to the lore. And there's, we're going to have a good MacGuffin to give us the opportunity to do so. So yeah, that should come out in the next two or three weeks, maybe. We'll see. We just started filming it. So, Big Mikey, Matt, what is the flight speed of an unladen swallow? African or European, your choice. I don't know. Hey Siri, what is the flight speed of an unladen swallow? The last person that asked me that ended up in a crevasse. Ha! <laughs> That's good! I don't know. Woo! <laughs> good answer, Siri. And then Big Mikey asked me a question about the same question I've already asked about the Cities of Sigmar book. Uh, another user. Can you give me some advice about Tyranids because I have just started them? Um... They're fun. You have a lot of options to start with. So it depends what you want to do. You want to be close combat? Do you want to be psychic? Do you want to be shooting? Do you want to be a mix? So here's the quick rundown. If I had to quickly tell you which HQ's troops, elites, fast attack, and heavy to take, it's this. HQ, a flying hive tyrant with um, all devourers. Okay? A, troops, you've got any of them, honestly, any of them. Elites, uh, Zonethropes, Venomthropes are a good starting spot. Uh, fast attack, don't bother. Heavy support, Tyranifexes, Carnifexes, Exocrines are all great. And I've just scratched the surface there. There's so much to talk about. That question is actually huge. Like, for example, one army you could build would be Gene Stealers, lots of Gene Stealers are your troop choices, and then Brood Lords as your HQ. Um, if you're going to bring lots of Zonethropes, have a Neurothrope as an HQ. Termagons are, are fun if you have lots of Termagons, so they can kind of restock their numbers. Uh, Old One-Eye as an HQ choice goes really well with Carnifexes as, as heavy support. These are all different, there, there's a lot of ways to play Tyranids, and, so, and there's not very many really bad ways. So just kind of build it the way you want to. There's, of course, some netlists out there. They'll tell you the perfect way to play them. Ignore those. Build it the way you want to, the army you want. 
Do you want lots of monsters? You can do that. You want lots of little griblies? You can do that. So that's my advice. And other than that, just play them and figure it out because there's not this perfect tactical advice I can give you. Uh, that's, that's about the quickest way I can give you some useful information. Uh, also, have you thought about trying a Song of Ice and Fire miniature game from Simon? Cool me you're not. It's a great rank and file style. It's a great game similar to Old Fantasy. No, no, I'm I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. That game, that, um, and you might find this strange for me to say this, but that uh, show is far too violent and far too pornographic. Um, and you might think, well, but you 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 play violent games. It's like I don't not like violence in movies, but there's there's a there's a there's a line that was that's crossed too often in that in that series and that makes me uncomfortable and I don't like it. So I'm not gonna think any less of you for liking Game of Thrones, but I just I tried to watch it because it's really well done. At least most of the seasons. Apparently season eight was really bad, but that's just from what I hear. Um, and so I, I wanted to watch it, but I tried and I just I couldn't enjoy it. It was just too too gruesome and too many other things too. Okay, let's go back to our live viewers. Starmex says that the knight being the fallen member of the Sentinels of the Forge, he could be a chaos-corrupted soul of Theo. That's not how the, the chaos knights work. Actually, I don't know how chaos knights work. I never read their lore. Are they like entombed guys inside of it? I thought they were just piloted by chaos knight pilots like the Imperial Knights are. Welland, good gamer. Matt, the alliance between Max Aggression Gaming and Mini Wargaming. Do you plan on having more local-based community events? Absolutely. We just hired somebody to do that. Mr. David White is now an official member of the Mini Wargaming team. And his job, once he gets started, and he's already, he, we're just working through all the, the stuff to get him ready. He will run regular events nightly and every Saturday that Max Aggression Games is not running events. The idea is that the bunker will be open every evening, I think. It's possible we'll close like on Mondays or something. Uh, but the idea is that like Monday through Friday, 5 o'clock until like 10 o'clock, the bunker is open to anybody to walk in and open play. And Saturdays as well. It won't be open Sunday unless Max Aggression Gaming has it open because for religious reasons, I don't um, want my business open on Sunday. All, Max Aggression Gaming is not our business. They're welcome to do it, and I have no problem with that. Um... And the, his, the, the plan right now is that he's running events all the time. And this is in addition to open gaming. He should almost always be able to go in there and just be able to play pickup games with other people who are there for pickup games. But he'll be running paid community events uh, like leagues and big apocalypse games and tournaments, all that kind of stuff. All that, his job will be to run all the events for the locals. And then we'll run the bigger ticket item events for the people who are flying in from a long distance and, and all that kind of stuff. But the nice thing about that is it also gives guests who come in from a long distance something to do in the evening. Um, that, or, or they can choose to go to Niagara Falls or do something else, but at least it gives them an option. Waldorf Gorka. Please do that. Amsterdam and Copenhagen is really just you. So you're referring back to when I said I wanted to go to Italy and Greece... Denmark. And he's in Denmark, but then Amsterdam and Copenhagen is really just you. Do you mean like there's nobody else there? So if I went there, it would just be me? <laughs> I'm not sure. You can do a follow-up question. I'll open it up there. Dzent, talking about series, what is your opinion on Eisenhorn? Um, very well written. I didn't get past very far into the first book because there was a gruesome part that just kind of turned me off to it. I think I could go back knowing more about what I know about Eisenhorn and kind of just skip that part and keep going because I really like the Ravager series and that's basically after the Eisenhorn series, essentially. So I love the idea that they're going to make a TV show for it. Is it going to be good? You know what? That is impossible to answer because you can throw a trillion dollars at it and it could be garbage. Look at, look at Game of Thrones, right? The first seven seasons, great. It's eighth season, what happened, right? What, what happened? Uh, Iron Man 1, awesome. Iron Man 2, not really great. Like... Hollywood hasn't figured out yet how to make a good TV show and a good movie every single time. How can we possibly know if this is going to be any good? I hope it's really good because, and I hope it's not like super gory, super rated R kind of stuff. I hope they, they keep it PG-13 to have a broader appeal because um, I think that's an important aspect of this. 
but I could see it going either way. So I hope it's PG-13. I hope that it's uh, well done because it could, it's a great story. So it has a lot of potential there. Starmech says, Chaos Knights can be piloted by meatbags or meatbags possessed by demons. Just be piloted by a demon or all the souls that have linked to it in the past. Cool. I like that. That's a neat little bit of lore there. That could be a lot of new ways to kind of uh, put them into narrative campaigns. Okay, I've come to the end of the questions that were posted before, and I don't see any in the queue right now, but I'll wait. It's only 10-2, so we still have a few more minutes. So if you have any more questions, make sure you go to exclamation mark ask, space, and your question. I'll answer a few more if there are any more coming in. If there aren't any more coming in in the next minute, we'll just end early. That's fine with me too. So if you have any more questions, ask them now. Already asked me that question, Decent. Talking about series, what is your opinion on Eisenhorn? I already answered that. Oh, over here. VJ Morph. So when will we see these non-chaos Warcry games? You have to ask Josh. Because he's the one that schedules content. But I'd assume in the next week or two. Fred Frog, hey Matt, have you thought of redoing your old Making Money From Your Hobby series as it's been a good few years since the last one? Oh boy, has it ever. That was a long time ago. Yeah, I made a series of videos about um, how to start your own YouTube channel, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't have any interest in doing that again, at least not in the near future. Um, it, it's, yeah, I just, that's just really what it comes down to. I'm not worried about like promoting more people doing it. Like, sure, the more people that come in, great. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, it's, yeah, no, I don't think I'll be doing that again anytime soon. I think if you come on and sit and talk, so you can ask me questions and I'll give you insights wherever I can. I'm pretty transparent and open about how we run our business. And, um, but yeah. Griff, have you filmed any more of the draft style games? Not yet, I want to. Um, now I remember I was gone for Gen Con, we were doing our RPG game, which, uh, which ate up a lot. Now I'm filming a narrative campaign. I still have time in between to do other stuff too, but I do plan on doing more draft style games because people really like it. Miso Miso, you're welcome for answering your questions. Mini Wargamer for Life, what are you most looking forward to in the upcoming months that are business related? Uh, oh, weird. I thought somebody's been, the questions just got put back in the queue. So when I said before, you already asked me that question, Desent. Looks like the questions just got repopulated for some reason. What am I looking forward to? Well, but the question I was just answering disappeared. Anyways, I remember it. What am I looking forward to business-related? Running new events. I want to see how Dave's um, Resident Evil event goes. I have a plans for an Orcpocalypse event in October and the Apocalypticon in February and lots of other ones as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to David White starting to run events and really building up the local community. I want to see this place busy in the evenings all the time. It is busy some of the evenings when we run certain things, but other evenings it's, it's, it's not. And I want to see it just always busy, this fun hive of activity. Um, I'm looking forward to the fact that in coming September and October, we're switching how we have guests come in, not just for events, but I mean like just for regular battle reports, that we actually have scheduled guest weeks. So we have weeks where we don't have any guests so that we can actually schedule all sorts of other types of events and activities that we want to do. So there's a lot of those kind of changes that I'm looking forward to. Uh, VJ Morph, what do you think of the strength of the non-chaos warbands compared to the chaos ones? Very keen to hear about how the Grots fared. Um, I played, we kind of played each of them only once, so that's really hard to compare. The, and I'm not going to tell you who won the game with the Grots versus Stormcast Eternals. I will tell you though that the game was incredibly close. Um, it was fun playing them all. I see the potential for them being just as good as the chaos warbands. I, but honestly, I've played basically every army once. And so that is not enough for me to give an opinion on that. So far, if I'm going to give a very early, uneducated opinion, it seems that they're well-balanced and that they all have strengths and weaknesses. There's a, there's a couple things within some of the warbands that are an imbalance. You're like, why would I, this thing just doesn't make sense for its points. Um, but overall, I think they've done a good job with that. Oh, see, I just clicked and it clicked twice. 
Necron Dawnbringer. Hey, Matt, now that they're releasing kits for the Shadow Spear stuff, do you think the Death Watch will have access to the Primaris in it? Maybe. I don't know much about that. I'm sorry. Starmex, Matt, question about coming to the shop to play. If I have a flight that has me getting to Welland on a weekend, how would I be able to get into the bunker, I'm assuming you're saying? Um, when it comes to, when I say I don't run the business on Sundays, there's certain aspects that you have to run on Sundays. Uh, and that would be including the bunker. So we definitely are still, the hotel part is still open. And Josh will, you can check in on Sunday, that's fine. Um, I avoid employing people on Sunday wherever possible, but sometimes it's, Impossible. If you're policemen or work in a hospital, I don't want you to close down on Sundays. Please do not. Irit Voss or Lorit Voss. Are you considering to encourage more Chugamug? No. I hate that show. <laughs> Would love some more or maybe try some more Sir Strumming. Oh, that stuff wasn't horrible. Yeah, the, the, uh, the food challenge videos, that's more Dave thing. I don't know if he's going to do any more soon. I know Steve would love to do another chug a mug, but we've been so busy that. But I hope that we don't. And yet I hope that we do. It's like this horrible part, like the business part of me that's like, hey, people like that. And the other part of me that just doesn't want to drink anymore of that garbage. All right. That was the last one in the queue. So we will wait to see if anybody else asks a question. We've got a minute. And then I'll close. And it's fine if we're out of questions. I'm okay with that. I should have got my ocarina. I don't play that well yet. I don't think I'd be able to pull that off. You hear that grumbling? Holy yes, cow. Yeah. I'll oh, see all the questions I just answered just popped back in the queue. Yeah, so like Vincent just put another question in, and all of a sudden it just, yeah, this Q thing's not working very well. Okay, so your question, Vincent. How would you upgrade the Tyranid army in a future 8.1 codex? I would redo 95% of their models. Their rules are fine. The models are not. I would, I don't know if this, is, if this wouldn't be a good business move, but what I would love is for them to scrap the entire Tyranid model range and start from scratch. Get rid of the 80s vibe, get rid of the aliens vibe, Make them beasts, monsters. That's what I want. I would buy the heck out of that if Carnifexes didn't look like balls with spikes coming out of them. Make it look like a monster. I've always said that I love the way the Zerg look in Starcraft, but I hate their lore. Well, I hate's a strong word. I dislike their lore. They're too personable. They're too human. Especially once they suck Kerrigan in there. But even before Kerrigan, they were still too human. And so you can make them afraid. The thing that's terrifying about Tyranids is that you can't make them afraid because they're Tyranids. They don't understand your, what you mean by fear. So I love the Tyranid lore, but the Zerg look. The Zerg, they, they accomplished them. They can look like animals. And so if they could shoot things, it would be natural abilities. You know, they shoot the spikes out of their back or they, or they puke on you or, you know, they flex a muscle and something would come out. Um, but the Tyranids look silly. I've gotten used to them to the point where I really enjoy the way they look, but I would still scrap the entire range. The entire range. I can't think of a single Tyranid model that I would not redo. The Hormigants are the closest thing to okay, but even their faces have that stupid grin on it. Why do they have a grin? Do they need a mouth? Why do they have a mouth? And um, like the Hara specs is much better. That's like kind of a closer to what I would be talking about. But yeah, scrap the entire range and redo them to look like monsters and little monsters. And give them a very unique look as you're, uh, while you're at it. Like, depart from the Zerg look, that's fine. Depart from the alien look, just... Oh, I would be in love with that. Like, it would... Oh, I would give up my entire collection of Tyranids to see them do that. I am not kidding. I would never play with the old models again. Give them the old Primaris treatment. That's what I want. So even if that means they do like... Yeah, there they go, there we go. We don't have to scrap the old models. Do the Primaris treatment, where the old models are perfectly fine, but they bring in new models that are clearly, look, they look a lot better, they look a lot better as Tyranids, and their rules are better, just to encourage you not to use the old stuff. I would love that. Oof, if I hit next, is it going to clear this queue properly? All right, we've got a few more. 
Whiskey Storm, how do you feel about the direction GW is going with all the new Space Marine stuff coming out and nothing for orcs? Okay. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Everybody complains about that. That is not a Space Marine player. Oh, I can't believe you come up with more Space Marine stuff. You haven't you haven't done my Eldar recently or my Tyranids recently. I hate to tell you this, but Space Marines and Stormcast Eternals sell so well that they're going to get two or three codexes for every one codex that your army has. That is just the way it will be. And they have to do that. You want your you want 40k and Age of Sigmar to survive, you want to have more miniatures in the future at all for orcs then you want them to keep upgrading Space Marines the way they do. Because it makes them more money, which gives them more money to then upgrade other things like Orcs. And the funny thing is, it wasn't that long ago that Orcs got a crap ton of new models. When Speed Freaks came out, they got all those new vehicles. Those were super cool. And uh, and I say crap ton, not a crap ton. So you just have to accept that if you're not playing Space Marines, or Chaos Space Marines, or Stormcast Eternals, that your army is not going to get the same attention as the other ones. And that is okay, because you want them to make tons of money so they have excess money to spend on the army that you have. If they focus on orcs, they make a lot less money. So I think it is great. It is perfect and exactly what they should do. Even though I said at the beginning of this, this, uh, this video that I'm only moderately interested in Space Marines. I understand their business, and I know that Dare I say 50% of the models they sell for 40k are Space Marine. I don't actually know that. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was actually the number. So yeah. So Whiskey Storm, it is great for the orcs that they keep upgrading the Space Marines. Because in 40k it thrives, and then they can upgrade the orcs. Droid Thug, how was Gen Con? Gen Con was great. Gen Con was crowded. Gen Con was busy. Gen Con was expensive. Holy cow, can you spend a lot of money at Gen Con? <laughs> I could have spent thousands of dollars there. I didn't spend multiple thousands of dollars there. It was there's so much stuff, to, cool stuff to buy. So many games to demo. So many events going on. My only complaint is it's too crowded. Um, you're just shoving so many people into a small space. It's, it's a huge space. It's not a small space. It's an enormous space. But when you stick sixty thousand people into it, it feels too crowded. So I, I don't like being in huge crowds. So, but other than that, that was awesome. Played in the BattleTech VR pods where you get to pilot a battle mech, but you're like inside of the. It, it's fun. Uh, yeah, all the old comments are coming back on here. It's really annoying. I read Voss. If you could introduce or bring back a race to 40k, what would it be? I can answer that question. Age of Sigmar. But 40k, no idea. The things I would want for 40k would be, and I want this for Age of Sigmar too, is more NPCs. And what I mean by that is non-army models that I can use in armies. How do I explain that? I mean like humans that, oh, like Blackstone, like Blackstone Fortress minis, where you know some of them are Eldar and some of them are Kroot, but they're not really part of an army. They're just special miniatures, or like that Iron guy. Things like that. I love that kind of stuff. Swidblad, why do you like Tyranids? Good question. I I can't tell you the exact reason. I can tell you that when I got into StarCraft, which I got into before Warhammer, that out of the three races, Zerg, Terran, and Protoss, Zerg instantly had an appeal to me. I think it has something to do with the fact that growing up, there's I am one of four boys. I am the second. My older brother didn't really play with us a lot. He was kind of on his own. We're good friends now, but he was always apart from us. It was me and my two younger brothers. And we played a lot together. We played a lot of Lego. We played, as we grew up, more role-playing games. And being the oldest of the three that played together, I was always the games master. And I know that's why I always like the GM, because that's how I grew up. And by being the games master, it means you're always the bad guy. And we would, we're like, let's play Castle Lego today, and I would be the bad guy. Let's play Space Lego, and I'd be the bad guy. And so Zerg is the bad guy. I think I'm naturally attracted to that in, in that sense of just playing that bad guy that you want to lose in the end, but have fun terrifying your opponent in the meantime. And then when I came to Warhammer 40k, I wasn't super enthusiastic about getting the 40k at the time. Love the game now. I was playing Lord of the Rings, but we started mini wargaming. 
we realized that if we really want mini wargaming to succeed, we needed to cover Warhammer 40k, because Lord of the Rings is way less popular. So we're like, let's choose armies. Dave naturally gravitated towards Chaos, and I saw Tyranids, and even though they looked like cheap versions of Zerg, I know they came first, um, I liked them, and so I got into uh, Tyranids for that reason. And then I just grew to love their lore, especially the Gene Stealer cult lore. really enjoy that. So I like Tyranids a lot. They're, they're a good enemy. Which is funny because they're a secondary enemy in Warhammer 40k. Chaos is the real enemy. Uh, Irie Voss, what would you bring, like to bring to Age of Sigmar? I would love me some Tomb Kings. I would love to see Tomb Kings reimagined. They can't just bring back Egyptian skeletons because they, need, they want control of the IP. So I'd love to see them reimagined. I'd love to see Bretonians reimagined. But what I'd really like to see is Imperial Guard in Age of Sigmar. I've talked about this before. Tanks. Regiments, that kind of stuff. We don't really have that. We have the free people, but that's not really the, that's not the free guild. The free guild is actually something that exists in Age of Sigmar lore. I'd love to see them give them a battle tome, a whole line of their own miniatures. Uh, and when I say tanks, I mean tanks. Like they in the lore, they they drive around in these big fortresses and stuff. So it's totally in the lore for them to have vehicles, like steampunk vehicles, of course, but vehicles. All right. That is all the questions, and we're out of time too, so maybe we'll close it here. I'll wait five more seconds to see if anything else pops up. And of course there's a bit of lag, so. And then I will hit close. All right, so you probably saw it close before you saw me say close. I don't know, does it say that it closes? And yeah. It does say it's now closed? Yeah, the has been closed, it's no longer active. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this sit and talk. Remember, next week is with Josh. Same time, same place, same channel. And uh, if you're not able to make it and you are a Vault member, then you can, when we post this on Friday, you can feel free to go on our site and leave a comment there for him, and he'll be sure to check those out as well. Combination of live and pre-posted ones from our Vault members as well. And of course, as usual, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for your support and happy working.